It's Phone Booth Fighting. I'm Richard Hunter. He is Frank Mir. And uh, Frank, first things first, we have a big weekend in front of us. We have two huge shows next week. And so we've got to make everybody aware of what's going on. And um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say one of the bigger weeks in the history of Phone Booth Fighting. First things first, you've got a chance to see us live on stage for one night only with the one and only Chael Sonnen. We are doing a live production here in Las Vegas this coming Sunday night, February 26th, 10 p.m. at the Stratosphere Hotel and Casino on the Las Vegas Strip. Doors at 9.30. Tickets available at lacomedyclub.com. Frank, it's you, it's Chael, it's me, it's his podcast co-host, Joel, the four of us on stage together and uh we we have a lot of things planned uh if you're going to be in the las vegas area please uh go to lacomedyclub.com get your tickets you'll only have a chance to say that you were there for the first show once we're going to do more of these and maybe you'll catch a one down the road but there's only going to be this one time to be able to say i was at the first one and that opportunity is going to be this sunday night and what an opportunity. Uh, I'm still excited to hear what Chael Sonnen is going to say about his uh, the greatest untold story in all of MMA. Chael is so excited about doing this live show. I have been going back and forth with him on uh, email and text all week long. Today, it was, uh, you know what? I hardly had time to uh, wrangle prostitutes. He was, he was uh, on me so much with the text and the email. Uh, but it's okay because I'm, I'm uh, enjoying his enthusiasm. We've got a couple of things planned, some of which I can't reveal uh, that uh, we've had uh, private meetings about that we're going to bring to the stage. He came on this show uh, last week uh, and uh, teased that he you just alluded to it. He's going to tell his greatest MMA story that he's never told, and he's saved it for all these years. He's going to unveil it on stage. Up that. Not that it's not the greatest story he hasn't even told, but the greatest story that's never been told yeah yeah that was like the way he positioned it right Right, exactly so i'm struggling to one up if i can't one up it i'm certainly struggling to make sure you know we we contribute as well because you got a couple uh, brothel stories i'll have that but here's what i've been thinking you gave me an idea you know what i did like the other night though mrs mir always gets mad at us for the brothel stories like ah guys Mm. guys and for about an hour she asked you question after question about the brothel could stop her right i'm like looking over at her i'm like yeah. ah i know a pot calling a kettle huh i know i know i was i was kicking myself halfway through that we weren't recording that for an episode yeah, you guys it, sat there for even, like three hours having like it was a relationship talk but a, a good hour on brothel talk yeah we didn't even need you that night you no. could you were over on handling clash of clans i, I accomplished quite a bit on clash royale clash of cans i was getting all kinds of stars going all right so here's my idea tell me what you think about this for for sunday night at the stratosphere with uh chill sonnen for our live show you hit me with an idea. It kind of came up by accident yesterday when you and I were doing MMA Junkie Radio with our friends Gorgeous George and Goes. Uh, we're waiting for the show to start. And well, that wasn't my idea. Part of it was your idea. I thought it was all uh, Gorgeous's idea. I'm, I'm not sure if we're on the same page. We might not be. Let me tell you what I'm go. thinking. Okay, I'm thinking bananas. So, okay, so they're, they're playing uh, music in our ear. 
because the yeah, the producer, the okay, the producer back at the studio is queuing up the uh, what they call the return music, which is the music that they play when they come in and out of breaks, right? And so I was boasting that I could name any of those return songs, you know, in in four to eight bars or less, and I was playing a little name that tune with him, right? Then I threw out the the boast of all boasts. I said, uh, I can name any Bruce Springsteen song in one second. One second's all I need. One, one snare beat, one guitar chord, I can name them all. And so he tested me, and, and I uh, stood the test. You had the idea. You said you wondered if you could submit me faster. So it wasn't me. Whose idea was that? It was, uh... it was George? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was your idea. Nope. Well, I was I, I was giving you credit for I it. I take, take credit it back. Was, yeah. Good for that you. That way, when I do take credit for shit, people yeah. know that it really was me. That's so right. When it's That's not, right. I'm honest and I tell. So them. the idea is this. Okay. So George, I apologize. So George had this idea. He wondered if you could submit I think me. It was okay. Now I'll take the credit back away from uh, from uh, George, and I'll give it to his brother. Goes. Is it the concussion guy here? Uh, no, I I think it's just your your integrity. I think you want to make sure this. Got to make a, sure who says what. Is yeah, there. this is such a genius idea. I think you just want to make sure the right person gets credit. So, all right. So one of the two of them <laughs> said uh, he wondered that because I can name a Springsteen song in one second, if you could submit me faster than I could name the Springsteen song. Right. What do you think? And I'm putting you on the spot here. We have uh, we've not talked about this before you started recording. What do you think about at some point during the show Sunday night? We move the chairs out of the way and we put it to the test. I'll have to go to the back for us and disarm a little bit. Good. Yeah. No, I would insist on it. Honestly. Uh, in fact, I might have you wanded uh, before we actually do well, this segment of the show guy. to make sure you I'll didn't take overlook off a anything. lot of guns. I'm not going to get rid of all the guns. The, the 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 bad news in that equation, if there were a mishap, is that it will be our all time most downloaded YouTube video. Yes. The bad news it'll be the last episode of the podcast. It'll be so. like what was that one movie? Uh, uh, the comedy where the guy uh, it had. Um, the one Wayans brother, the main guy that was the, the oldest. Damon Wayans? Uh, Keenan Wayans? Keenan Wayans. Okay. I'm going to get you, sucker. Yeah, I never saw it. Oh, but yeah. there's a scene. We've we, is there, Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where there's a guy that's just armed to the tooth, and he falls flat on his back at one of the gunfight scenes, mm. and every gun's going off. and he's, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> Except yeah. for you're in my guard why this is occurring. Right, right. So we don't <laughs> want that. So we'll make sure that you're, uh, you're disarmed. So here's my idea. Because I know I can name any Springsteen song in one second. What I've never tested before is if I can do it under physical duress. So what that's, position are we going to be in? I would say, all right, work through this one because we're just brainstorming on the yeah, air. Yeah. People who are hearing this are actually hearing us work out this idea for the stage as we speak. My thought is if I go in your guard, right. all right, and then we have the DJ hit the song, I guess we would have Chael or Joel um, – with the mic. With the mic. I think I'd like to have Joel with the mic and maybe Chill could ref just to make sure uh, that... So I like this so far. It's working yeah, okay. Uh, and then... And, okay, here's my little... I think as you get better, the position should be more advantageous for me. 
<laughs> so like you know right off the bat you know close guard you nail it you know but then all of a sudden like i can get side control you just don't right? want me here's what you're worried about you, you because you don't know how to update a wikipedia page and i do you're afraid that i'm going to go on your wikipedia page and put on there that we were in a grappling match and you had zero submissions true. that's what you're worried about yeah true yeah and an so open I mean, way it would make affair. it interesting and then i could take your back yeah you know, so if you, we'll, we'll do like the, you know, three or four stages. Okay. Of, you know. Okay. So first, close guard, mm-hmm. you know, which you should be able to rattle off pretty quickly. Okay. If I can pivot on an arm. Yeah. Throw a triangle up. Yeah. Uh, then you'd have, we have what, side control? Uh, yeah. It would probably go close guard or half guard. Are we skipping that one? We, oh, yeah, we can go half guard first because, I mean, that's really would give you a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we go half guard, close guard. Right. Side control. Side control. Back. Back. Yeah. Let's let's skip mount. Yeah. That's just uncomfortable yeah, from the start. If I have side control, that's going to hurt even. Yeah. You'll already have a taste of the weight. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so the way we would do it is, I'm imagining. We, I do know that I'll beat you on the back one. I'm taking that bet right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Now here's, okay. But so here's my question then. Okay. Cause, we'll start with the seatbelt. And we'll start with the Okay. Because here's my question then if we try to do this. Because I... You know, obviously you're gonna you're gonna be able to get me quickly, but I I want to be able to at least fundamentally attempt to defend. Yeah. So what I don't want is I don't want you to just absolutely. You're my friend still. Roll. I'm not gonna destroy you. I want to no. finish the show there, maybe at a bar, have a drink, not mm-hmm. end up at UMC. Uh, you know what? I have it on good authority that you said the same thing to Tim Sylvia at one time, and so we did I'm, end up at a bar later. Of course, that's what I'm saying. But exactly. I had to wait for him to get back down from Valley. So that's what I mean. So it was a long I'm, wait. So what I'm what I'm trying to safeguard against here. Is that uh, that that you're you know you're you're obviously going to be able to get to me quickly, but I don't want you to just bowl me over on pure brute strength. Like I want to have the opportunity it's to me. at least demonstrate a defense. I'll I'll move smoothly. Okay. All right. So so what we could do is we could have them cue up those songs, and then Joel's got the mic, Chill's reffing, and then I either yell out name of the song. Or tap, probably. Right. Uh, one of the two happens. You like this idea? I like it. I think this could be a fun idea. I'm do it. All right. Okay. So we'll do this. We'll do what we'll do. We'll start with um, with Springsteen and see how... Because Springsteen, I have, I've demonstrated this before, where I run the table, well, one song's all I need. And didn't you one, be, one, one second at his own band? I Yeah. So my crowning achievement in Name That Tune was I, I one time competed in name that Megadeth song with the guitar player in Megadeth and beat him. Dave Elfson. Yeah, it's pretty much takes the cake. Yeah. He was very worried that I was going to say something to Dave Mustaine, his bandmate. He's like, let's don't, let's just don't talk yeah, about the fact that this yeah, happened. That's going to give them ammo for quite a while. Yeah. But Springsteen's my go-to. So that's, I want to start with my best, uh, my, my best artist to, cause this is, listen, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm putting a lot on the line here physically, you know, this is, yeah, this is nerve wracking. Cause I've never, it's, it's, so we know Springsteen, you, you, you have pretty much in the bag. Well, what I, if we got a dice and picked six other genres of music mm-hmm. 
and then we have to roll the dice, whatever it rolls up, then they have to play that song? That's down the line. Down the line. Okay. Down the line. Because let me tell you something. If that die, if, if any of them has the word Lil in front of it, I'm lost. I don't know anyone. Okay. So I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll be in terrible trouble. I'll be turtling and just hoping that uh, <laughs> I can hold on as long as I can. <laughs> I, okay, so here you go. So that's, that's we're going to offer that Sunday night. We're going to do it live. It may be the only time it happens. I mean, I don't know. I haven't even looked True. at my insurance deductible to see what it, you know, every what all it covers. So it may be the one and only time we're able to do it. But we're going to try to do that on stage. And uh, I, I, I like this idea of doing this double bill show with Chael because he's a guy. There's a. It seems like there's a contagious climate of wanting to one up each other. You know, we want to, he's bringing something. So we want to bring something else. And then he answers with, with that. So I'm already liking this partnership, which we're calling the show suspended an evening, uh, with, uh, Frank Mir and Chael Sonnen. Again, you can get your tickets at, uh, lacomedyclub.com. It's one show only this Sunday night, February 26th at the Stratosphere hotel and casino on the Las Vegas strip. Uh, 10 p.m. showtime, 9.30 is uh, when the doors open. Brought to you by Earth's Brew, Frank. And that brings me to uh, our uh, kind sponsor, Earth's Brew, who's stepping up in a big way to be a part of sponsoring this uh, live show we're doing Sunday night. Earth's Brew is the smarter, alcohol-free way to relax, Frank. An innovative supplement that lets you and me kick back and relax in social settings or ease stress and kick it up a notch when you need to be mentally productive. Now, there's two things we like to do during a podcast, Frank. One is to be relaxed, but the other one is to be mentally productive. So that's kind of the perfect one-two punch for us. It does, especially it seems like we're doing the podcast always after leaving jujitsu. We come here, and it's great to be able to unwind and relax and be able to be focused at the task at hand and not just cinched up in a, a ball of pain. And and the fact that, uh, again, that it only has 14 calories is just a strong suit of being able to always justify taking it because, you know, if I told Mrs. Mira I was going to have a 200 to 300-calorie drink Every time we were back here uh, taping, it probably wouldn't go over so well. Nope, but she uh, wholeheartedly endorses the Earth's Brew. It's also plant-based, which makes a vegan like me uh, very happy. It's uh, got a uh, new paradigm uh, that focuses on herbal relaxation and focus. It's created by a couple of phone booth fighting listeners out of Arizona, uh, just like yourselves. Yeah, the only drawback so far I found from it, it's alcohol-free. <laughs> no, that's the that's plus. That's the positive. That's the plus. That's okay. the plus, Frank, for a for a teetotaler like myself that's uh, right so anybody out there uh, wants to have a drink and relax and not have mm -hmm. to worry about uh you know i I realize that having a a glass of alcohol a glass of wine is very relaxing but you know it does have its drawbacks and and now we know that uh uh, this doesn't no sugar no artificial sweeteners it's sweetened with stevia it's got turmeric in it which is an anti-inflammatory which like frank said uh post jujitsu pre-podcast is a great time for that very big and here's the biggest news of all for exclusively for phone booth fighting listeners you can get 10 percent off of all orders at earthsbrew.com by entering the promo code phone booth at checkout 10 percent off all orders Orders, uh, with the promo code phone booth at checkout at earthsbrew.com. Check it out. See what Frank and I have been enjoying. And, uh, you know, we're going to be uh, sipping it with our guests now that we have the uh, phone booth fighting bunker starting to be built. Now, let's explain to everybody where we are and what we're doing. We are in. We cannot tell them where we are. 
Well, it's an undisclosed location. Undisclosed location. But we are sitting now in the the, the hollowed out shell of the bunker. We've had the bunker dug up. Uh, you have, uh, you were kind enough to front the boy. I tell you, the earth moving equipment is expensive. And, uh, I didn't, our, our fund anything campaign paid for a lot of things. I wonder when the neighbors are going to realize that I had a pool construction company and now we have no pool. Too late. Too late. Unless they, uh, get, uh, nosy enough to look over the fence. And I, I, I think the sniper's nest, uh, discourages them from doing that. Ronan's on point. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can go up in the crow's nest cause he's smaller. So he can scamper That's up why. there. That's right. That's right. That's right. A lot more energy. So, so we've had the, the bunker dug out now in within, I would say the next week or so, the bunkers video feed will go live. I know you're hearing this and you're like, well, I want to see the bunker. Well, Right now, we're just in the uh, beginnings of it. We got the uh, couple of pieces of furniture put in and the microphones. But now we have to go about uh, soundproofing the walls. It sounds, depending on uh, how this uh, particular recording sounds to people, it may sound a little uh, a little roomy. Uh, and in the next uh, week or so, we're going to deaden the sound in here. Uh, so uh, it'll get a little bit tighter. But we're going to have a video feed in here. We're going to invite guests into the phone booth fighting bunker so you're going to be seeing guests join us and we're going to adorn the walls with our various accoutrements uh that's french for junk of um stuff that uh you've won and i've won and photos we've taken together and we're going to make it are we going to be able to bring over your uh silver metal naga well uh you know i don't know how easy it is to get out of the hermetically sealed case uh, because when I had it encased when I won it last year, I think we just move the whole case over. We might have to just move the whole case. I feel like we should, though, because if you're going to have the championship belts, you gotta balance I should. balance it out, right? Yeah, exactly. I should probably have uh, my medal, uh, my war medal as well. There you go. So I'll bring that over. And uh, we're also going to put up a monitor in here so that we can watch fights and we can have uh, guests over for fight companions. You know, everybody's been clamoring. You know, there are some people who just. All they do is sit and wait between Phil Baroni appearances. That's what they live for. They enjoy it when he's on, and then it's just a, a series of emails of when's he coming on again. So as soon as we get the uh, the TV set up in here to watch fights and all the rest of that, then we'll get some of the guys over, and uh, we'll do a fight companion. But the phone booth fighting uh, underground bunker at the undisclosed location is where we're at right now. In about another week, the video feed should go live. Okay, so we talked about uh, the live show with Chael. We talked about the phone booth fighting uh, bunker. We're doing another show next week that uh, I, you know what this is. I say right now it's 90% for sure. We have a date, which is uh, supposed to happen in the middle of the week. And I'm just waiting for an exact time. And and if everything uh, comes to pass, if this happens, uh, it will be, uh, I think it could be one of the bigger things we've ever done on the podcast. So just stay tuned for that next week, one way or another. Uh, we're going to have some very big things between the live show with Chael and this other thing that I'm I'm uh, teasing the heck out of. Okay, let's talk some uh, fights, Frank, here. Um, so... This uh, past weekend, basically two big things happened in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, Derek Lewis knocked out Travis Brown, and Matt Mitrione got knocked out by a kidney stone. Let's talk about uh, Travis Brown and Derek Lewis first. 
you saw the fight. It matched up. I believe the uh, number eight and number nine or number seven and number eight ranked heavyweights, uh, respectively, with Travis being one notch above Derek. Derek upsets Travis, finishes him in the second round. We'll talk about his post-fight comments in a moment. But first, what were your thoughts on the fight itself? Did it surprise you at all? Uh, a little bit. I thought that uh, Travis had a great game plan coming out. Uh, he has a great uh, front kick, that that teep off the backside, snap kick, thrust kick, different styles of martial arts have different terms for it. Uh, um, pendulum kick, I've heard them call it Dora Jackson's. Uh, but he does a great job of it. Uh, you know, the, the, um, a lot of the guys there with Winkle John have developed it to a high level. You see uh, uh, Carlos Condit was good at it. Uh, John Jones is very good at it. And Travis himself is actually, you know, he had a knockout over Alistair Overeem with that shot. Uh, brought it right up to the chin and stunned him and was able to finish him with hands. So using that kick and using his distance, he was able to really, uh, you know, maximize the fact that he's well-rounded over Derek Lewis and, and trying to keep it from being a close-up boxing match where Derek would then not have the advantage because I don't think hands-wise he's any more technical than uh, Travis, but two big heavyweights throwing at each other, anything could occur and anything can happen with one lands. So it becomes a coin toss. And so if you're the better martial artist, you kind of want to keep it out of that coin toss realm where you don't want it to be a scramble. You want it to be a, uh, a drawn-out technical battle. So I thought when Travis was using all of his, his height and range as being six foot eight, his, uh, his, his mobility as an athlete coming from the world of basketball from college, I thought he was doing a great job and very uh, obvious that he had hurt Derek uh, with a couple of those body shots. And I thought he was doing a good job staying patient. And I think that he just... He started just becoming a little too comfortable, I think, with the success he was having. And then he threw what we call, a lot of times in martial arts, uh, one of the kicks naked, meaning that there was no hands in front of it. And that's okay to do if you're at kicking range and you're not within hands. Uh, but once you're within hand range, in which he was, he threw that kick. And, and then at that point, Derek crowded in and was able to throw a shot with his hands and landed and stunned uh Travis, and that was kind of the beginning of the end. He, he rocked Travis pretty bad at the end of the first round. Travis was able to recover, and then uh, we saw more of it in the second round. I thought Travis would get back on his game plan and uh, try to keep him at a distance and beat up the body some more, especially knowing, I mean, let's face it, you know, Derek Lewis is extremely entertaining. I think he has a lot of upside. Um, conditioning is not one of his strong suits yeah even after the fight that only lasted for a round and a half he had to lay on the canvas for a good two or three minutes to recover so his wind was obviously uh you know something that's not great so as every second of that clock ticked down uh he was losing advantage that he'd have in his power uh speaking of uh derek so i thought he would stay at a distance and then travis when he got hurt again um, he really showcased uh, that I've always kind of thought a problem with some people's training. Uh, and Travis, it really became indicative of that night is that, you know, Travis does train all the other realms of MMA. He trains the grappling, he trains jujitsu, but he never trains it from an offensive point of view. He always trains it, well, let me get away from the wrestler, let me get away from the jujitsu uh, specialist, let me keep it up in the stand up realm. Well, if you're one of the top two or three strikers in your weight class, it's not the worst uh, strategy to have. Travis isn't. And I think as a heavyweight, even more so, you know, JDS is probably the best boxer in our, our, our the heavyweight weight class, you know. And I watched him get knocked out with a left hook by Alistair Overeem. Um, 
So I think having more tools offensively in your box is something that will that Travis really needs to add. And he has the, the right training partners, the right camps, and the right attitude, and he trains extremely hard. But I think, again, tra- having trained with Travis, uh, he's always trying to get away from that and bring it back into a striking realm. Well, he was in a fight where he got rocked and he needed to fall back on his grappling. He locked up that body lock and basically pulled Derek on top of him into a mountain, was able to position back into half guard. And and from there, his half guard had no offense to it. Travis's half guard in MMA is very much of a get back up to my feet. And in that situation, he didn't want to get back up to his feet. He was rocked. He probably would if work on some sweeps, some uh, reversals and be able to uh, to move around from there would have would have done him better. Uh, his offense in the ground was no better than really Derek's, except for his defense is better. But that really wasn't what was causing the problem. So that was the the glaring uh, difference of what I seen that if Travis goes home, he needs to work on. And then Derek, you know, self admittedly, you know, needs to work on other aspects of the game too. Uh, you know, uh, his, his wrestling, his jujitsu, but you know, he doesn't make any bones about it. He's very honest, uh, which was actually very entertaining to hear his honesty with it that, you know, he hits hard, which, you know, it's a great attribute to have, but it's not an uncommon one in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. And hopefully now he'll start benefiting by becoming spreading out there. You know, he, it kind of goes hand in hand here. He's going to have some success. He's going to have some popularity. So in turn, he's going to have the finances and the draw people who are going to be better at grappling or teaching the other aspects of MMA are going to be more inclined to help him out and be a part of his camp because in turn he has more money and and, you know, he's going to have a lot more uh, media attention. So let's go back to the teep kick for a second, because I think that is a very misleading thing for a lot of people who are watching that haven't experienced it. Now, if you're wondering what we're talking about, it's the 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 kicks that Derek Lewis claimed were really only an issue because he, he needed to make an emergency trip to the restroom. That's yeah. basically what he was saying. But that was a way of, you were saying, of covering up basically that he was impacted by well, the body damage. And I think it was a much more entertaining way of answering it. It was. The question was asked very buoyantly by Brian Stan that, you know, well, you were hit to the body and, and you look like you were hurt. No shit, Sherlock. A guy who's six foot eight just put his foot through my stomach Mm -hmm. and I put my arms around my belly. Yeah, I was hurt. I think everybody, even someone on life support, could have realized that I was hurt. So I think that, you know, he could have probably maybe angled the question to be more along the lines of, you were hurt. What was your plan to try to, to, to overcome that? Were you thinking that maybe he would stop throwing the kick or were you going to jam it up? You know, no. What did your corner say to you in between to help try to identify how to conquer, you know, or to, to, to overcome that, you know, like, Stating out that it was a problem is, is the same kind of commentary that now that I do more broadcasting, I see is so just boring. Oh, he hit him with a left hand. I'm like, really, dude? That's what we're paying you to sit there is to call out what I just saw with my own eyes? Like, why don't you explain in a little bit more depth what's going on? What setup led to that? What's the other guy trying to do to avoid that? Is it a breakdown in which status? Who's that going? You know, mm. I think a little bit more in depth, more than just being, you know, like you realize that I have television now, right? This isn't a radio broadcast where I need you just to to, to describe what you're seeing. Right. It's not like the 1930s. No. And, Down goes the champ. Down right. goes the champ. And he lands a right hand. Well, on radio, I needed you to tell me that. Yeah. Now we have high def television, 4K, you name yeah. it. I can see that he hit him with the left hand. We all saw it. <laughs> so, so but with the kick itself, the the thing is, and this is this is where your your 
analysis is very helpful because I think to a lot of people that see that, it looks like what he did was he poked Derek Lewis in the tummy with his toes. Now I know there's more to it than yeah, that, a lot to but it. in a in a flash, you understand that's kind of what it looks like at a at a glance. You know, it's not. I think a lot of people associate a more devastating kick with like the the top of your foot or even your heel. You know, if I were to slam yeah. my whole heel into your stomach, but you're saying that when you receive that, that's yeah, it's, it's actually deceptively the ball of your foot, painful. What's happening and, and yeah. how they change the kick around a little bit and they call it more of a pendulum. In in Thai boxing, they call it a teep, right? Mm-hmm. And it's more of a distance gauger. And if you watch a traditional Thai style, is throw that type of kick the front kick a teep again Mm -hmm. different people sometimes they call it a thrust kick in karate Um, usually the knee comes up extremely high and then the person thrusts the foot out and it's more akin to an action of me trying to kick a door down Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of power in it but I'm trying to create distance so if someone was charging me you could Teep them uh, mm-hmm. with the flat of the foot, and you push them backwards, kind of like a foot jab, right? Yeah, uh, but but not a foot jab because a jab is more akin to what Travis and John and a lot of the guys now that are doing more of the pendulum type mm-hmm. of kick. What it is is more uh, more back into more traditional karate where it's a snap kick. So what they're doing is is they're aiming their knee and they're not bringing their knee above it. So they're not using their glute. They're not using a thrusting motion. They're not stomping on your chest. What they're doing is they're aiming their foot and then the foot swings under and it comes towards you almost the same way if they were going to snap kick maybe a, a, a soccer ball mm-hmm. or kick a punt. And then at the last second, they might push their hips forward ever so slightly to redirect the speed of the foot that's locking out from the quadricep. And then as they curl the toes back, the toe, the, the, the ball of your foot thrusts right into the organs. And mm-hmm. it's an extremely fast kick that at the last second when you hit, your skeletal frame is now in line. So now it has your weight behind it. And it causes a, uh, it's a blast and it shocks the organs. And that's the problem is usually the thrust kick slow and heavy and strong where this one's kind of like getting hit with a baseball. So when it hits you, it causes it, especially if it gets hit in the midsection, the diaphragm could seize up and then everybody's had their wind knocked out of mm-hmm. them can relate to what's happening to uh, Derek Lewis. So in reality, his the, the, the diaphragm goes into contracture, it spasms. So now when you spaz, your diaphragm is responsible for exiting and entering the, the oxygen out of your lungs. You have no muscles around your lungs. The diaphragm is actually what allows you to breathe. So that smooth muscle tissue when it receives that shock causes all the air to basically crush out of your lungs so that's when you see Derek bending over he was actually having a hard time trying to take a deep breath his body's fighting itself and he was able to recover which uh good on him and then and and to the to the benefit of all of us made one hell of a funny reply on what was really going on (laughs) does any of that have to do with physique like if somebody had um like really tight defined abs right like would that help at all Um, or does that have not anything to do with it you know what a lot of it is uh sometimes i think having an extra layer of fat on your stomach probably helps because uh i've sparred a lot with roy uh nelson and uh you know you see him take knees from alistair overeem who's probably i mean i i dare anybody tell me who they think knees harder than alistair Mm -hmm. does uh and so and he didn't fall down most Mm -hmm. guys take a knee to the body from alistair Mm -hmm. and um they're in a lot of pain 
you know, so it really you're could hating be, life. Really could be the opposite of yeah. I think that actually having a lot of people would think. a gut, yeah, a beer belly, and being conditioned, mm-hmm. you know, like someone like a Roy, mm-hmm. you know, even though they're heavy, and then Derek, you know, obviously has a little bit of a belly. I think it actually can help you out if 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 in tune you have a little bit of conditioning and you. Uh, uh, have a little bit layer of fat to help maybe uh, soften the blow and keep it that far away from your actual uh, tissue, you know, muscle tissue. So you're saying Houdini might have uh, lived to a ripe old age if he had a big gut? Yes. And yeah. well, yeah, Denny did a good job at it. I think just the kid kind of caught him breathing out at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another thing is too is just if you do enough. Uh, it's funny when I see guys in the gym train stomach conditioning, and. Um, Look, the nervous system's a nervous system. There's really no way to train that if I hit you in the diaphragm, your nerves are going to be any less prepared or more prepared to take a shot than my diaphragm. What it is is that your body knows how to tighten up at the right moment and inhale and exhale so that you can, you know, uh, absorb that shot better. So if, you know, if your stomach's really relaxed and as I throw a punch, <gasps> you breathe in, oh man, that's the worst combination in the world. If you're breathing in as I put my knuckles into your diaphragm or my foot, um, you know, you're going to be, you know, uh, <laughs> in trouble. So Derek Lewis uh, is hurt during the first round. I would certainly give that round to Travis Brown. Yes. Second round, uh, uh, Travis succumbs to uh, Derek's power punches. Derek gets him against the cage, uh, lands some great adjustment. Yeah, he was throwing uppercuts. punches to the right hand of the head. Yep. Travis shelled up, you know, you know, trying to block those, and then then uh, Derek uh, was able to transition and throw uh, two vicious uppercuts up the middle. That mm-hmm. really, I think, those are the two punches that pretty much did Travis in. And- do you think that that's actually an example of where Travis's height hurt him at a disadvantage for those uppercuts? Because that was sort of like a, a Tyson-esque uh, uh, equation where the shorter guy in 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 that was able to uh, punch those uppercuts. You know, maybe if Travis had been a shorter guy and he had to get up underneath his guard, no, maybe he wouldn't have been able to I don't think there would be that well. much of an adjustment in height. Yeah. I think that what at that point what hurt Travis was that he didn't have a good clinch. Mm. You know, I think mm-hmm. if Travis uh, had a better clinch, he could have, let's say that was Alistair, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who was a phenomenal clinch in MMA. If he could have came forward and maybe tied Derek up, thrown some knees, try to recover, um, just sitting back and, and shelling up and putting up your guard. It's a recipe for disaster. Had mm-hmm. Derek not been able to land shots on Travis at that point with Travis, not firing back any offense, just covered up, sitting there. I mean, basically, he was a sitting duck. His, mm-hmm. his back was against the cage. He wasn't able to move left or right. Um, at that point, again, if, if Derek hadn't landed some shots, I'd have questioned Derek's ability to, to move on in the rankings as a, as a fighter. I'd be like, wow, you had a guy basically just handed you on a, a platter, and you couldn't do nothing with it. So Travis... He was too wobbled to be able to, to to move around and stick behind a jab. I think that if uh, he had worked more on, you know, the other aspects of MMA, not just how to get out of a clinch, but how to put it on. And, I, and I've worked with Travis. I know he knows how to do that. But because he doesn't drill it as diligently as he probably drills 
offensive striking that he does um, when he needed it when he was hurt, his nervous system or his you know his uh, central cortex, the, the primal reptilian part of your brain, wasn't trained what to do. He just sat there and covered up like a boxer. It's like, well, no, you need to clinch, throw the you know a plumb clinch, a fifty fifty. Uh, shit, at that point, double overs, give the guy the body lock, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, tie him up, you know, and 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 get your uh, bearings back on. So Derek uh, finishes Travis on the ground. Uh, last couple of punches were were with Travis being unconscious to my uh, eye. Uh, Mario Yamasaki got some criticism for a late stoppage there. You think yeah. it was late? I, I always err on the side of making it late than making it, you know, uh, um, early. Mm. Early stoppages. I mean, come on, guys. We're professional fighters. We knew we didn't sign up to play tennis. Uh, I had an idea that the other guy was going to try to punch me in the face. Mm. You know, we trained for this. And look, I mean, we can get into arguments about concussions and the damage that the guy receives a knockout. Uh, it happens all the time in the NFL still. And they realize that like, look, uh, contact sports, you're not going to get rid of concussions, but we don't have the secondary condition concussion. We don't have a standing eight count. So that way, you know, once a guy gets knocked out, you know, and he has a concussion, you know, um, the fight's over with. Mm-hmm. So if, if it goes a little bit long, eh, so it goes a little bit long. That is much better to me as far as it's a definitive answer. There's no questions whether Derek won it. You didn't start it over, stop it too soon, and then you're like, well, what if Travis would have fought back? It hurts the guy who wins because now it's like, well, did you really win or did they stop it too soon? Mm -hmm. It hurts the guy that lost because now you just gave him a loss that he didn't probably, you know, maybe he could have fought back. And he he just, you just took away 12 weeks of ambition on a short-term goal of his training in his life dedicated towards trying to accomplish something and for his safety which dude come on we're professional fighters safety's not on the high rung of our priorities mm-hmm. you know you guys you know worry about in other areas but let the fight go the distance so you know hey guy takes another shot and have you ever really i mean uh, well, you're gonna be called one hell of a, a daisy if you do uh, most guys are never gonna complain that a fight went too long yeah, I, guys will complain. I, I'd rather take, and I'll say this now. I'll go on record. I would rather every referee I ever work with from now on lets me take a shot extra or two than maybe stops it too soon. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, so the stoppage comes. Um, let's talk about what Derek Lewis said after the fight because um, leading up to the fight, <laughs> he introduced into his interviews the fact that. Uh, I guess what a uh, year and a half has it been a year and a half ago, two years now, year and a half ago. Yeah. It was, it was a year ago in July. That's I believe what it was. Uh, or no, it was July. It was just this past July because it was UFC 200. Travis was supposed to be on. And I think he got, am I right about that? Or was it the year before? No, I that? thought it was, no, wasn't it during Rhonda's fight with Holly that it came out about a month before? That fight was in Australia like in November. Maybe you're right. Yeah, you're right. It was it was definitely uh 2015. Okay. So, um we're talking about the uh domestic abuse allegations, <laughs> right, against uh Travis Brown by his his former uh, girlfriend. So, he was investigated for that. He was no charges were filed and he was cleared by the UFC. He's been fighting for a while since then. But Derek Lewis brought that up. And Before we go on, mm-hmm. I wish there could be something more done with that because if someone makes accusations, and as serious as right now we handle domestic violence in this country, 
Unless you're in the NFL, but go ahead. Well, no, the NFL, hey, do you know that they just uninvited, uh, not uninvited, but there was a couple players that are not invited to go to the combine because they have uh, been arrested and, and indicted on uh, uh, mm. charges of abuse. I think, I, I think, I think the Ray, Lewis, uh, the Ray uh, Rice thing kind of sobered them up. Right. Well, so right. they are yeah. going in the right direction. Yeah. Now, it does leave it up to the individual teams that they can still yeah. extend a contract out to these guys, but it's showing that the NFL – is taking hmm. uh, the temperature of what That's the world good. is right now with the modern climate and going the direction of saying, hey, if you have any kind of allegation, you know, if yeah. you, know, you you have this kind of a, a arrest record with any kind of domestic violence, you can't come to the combine. So there's mm-hmm. three top level players. Uh, I don't remember the details of it. I just mm-hmm. caught it briefly in the news that are not invited now to go to the combine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and I interrupted you. I'm sorry to uh, cut you off there. But uh, yeah, you were saying that you I? wish that that, that oh, would yeah, be looked into You do make an allegation. More. What year was it, Jennifer? July 2015. July 2015. There you go. So So if you do make an allegation, and as serious as it is, because, for example, here with Travis Brown, allegations were made, Mm -hmm. uh, an investigation went forth, and it was found to be uh, unfounded. So uh, he was innocent, right? Um, There is no... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A punishment. There's no fallout. There's no um, um, uh, repercussions for the person making the accusations. And unless, I don't like that. Well, hold on. Unless you, there is, though, you can sue them in civil court. And I think that that's... I think it should be criminal. Because the allegations you laid upon me were mm-hmm. criminal. Well, uh, so, okay. so now wait a minute. So I get to, you are going to affect my freedom. Mm-hmm. And now I can affect your pocketbook. That's not fair. Well, but it's it's because a couple of things. One, it's a way to to clear your name, but two, it could be criminal if it's found to be to the level of you know filing an out and out false accusation. So let's walk through it, okay? So let, let me. If tell we had you, an attorney here, we could probably ask this. That's right. Let me tell you what I would do so what is if going I were. On? So what's the question about? Okay. So if a woman makes a false accusation. Yeah. Can I go back and file legal criminal charges on a woman for making false accusations on me? Say a girl accuses me of rape. Right. We go back and find out, and it's proven that she made it up because she was mad at me. And we've seen this case occur in the news before. It's not unheard of. Now, can I go back and now sue the young lady for accusing me of a heinous crime and ruining my reputation? But not just civilly. Can I now criminally, can I give her jail time for what she was about to do to me? Under oath, if you make a false statement in court under oath, then there can be criminal charges brought against you. But if it doesn't even go to court, though, it doesn't just go to, what's the first hearing that you go to? uh, A preliminary hearing. Uh, Or an arraignment. An arraignment. Yeah. So an arraignment, does that count as under oath? Absolutely. Because whatever statement you make, even if it's made in a police report and you go, and if you, if it gets into a courtroom, so then that statement is made under oath. What kind of uh, penalty file? Uh, in that case, you know, it would depend if the prosecution wanted to pursue it, but I, um, I'm not sure that there would be jail time for that. Uh, I, I Still would no jail to, time. I don't believe there would be jail time, but they could bring civil a civil claim for slander right. or libel, and then that would affect yeah, yeah. his pocketbook. But you're talking about jail time? I'm I not think sure. jail time, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If I was about to go do 10 years... I think for making an accusation that could carry a penalty of that type of time, then I think that it, it should kind of fold that direction also. 
um, if someone makes a false accusation and we find out that they did it out of spite, out of anger. And again, I'm not saying this is commonplace. I realize it's, it's, it's hopefully a very rare occurrence. I'm hoping. Uh, but if it were to occur, you know, I think that it's only fair because it, right now, speaking specifically, Travis now is being rumored to be somebody who, who beats his girl mm-hmm. and they found out that it was unfounded. Um, and now he has that hovering over the top of him. Well, and so, by the way, we have to explain what just happened here formatically. Yes. Um, the, one feature of the phone booth fighting bunker that we did not explain earlier is that it comes with a genie's lamp. And so what you heard Frank say there was, if we only had an attorney, I wish we had an attorney here. And because uh, you can't see what happened, he reached over and rubbed it and yes. an attorney appeared. Not the attorney. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that's, that's how we got the legal perspective there. That's really going to come in handy down the line. Yes, it you know, is. It really is uh, a cool feature. So, uh, But what I was going to say is that if I were Travis, because you're on something here. I mean, this is I'll tell you how I would handle it if I were in Travis's position. Well, and you, know, would, but you know the Brian. Brian Banks story, right? We don't have to go on the, uh, too much detail. Banks, he was a young guy out of Southern California. He was a junior in high school. Oh, yes. He was being recruited to USC. Is this a statutory rape thing, right? Uh, I don't think it was statutory, but he was out at a dance, a school yeah. function. Yeah. Uh, a young lady there accused him of rape, and they were able to. He did six years in jail. Uh, the young lady's family was able to sue the district for like $1.5 million. Uh, so this young kid who had a, a potential to go to USC or, you know, had his life ahead of him, scholarship, college, mm-hmm. who knows what he could have maybe made of himself at that point. Uh, he ends up in the penal system. So he goes to jail. And, I, and after he got out of jail, she tried to reach out to him on Facebook and, you know, to want to apologize basically for what she did. You know, what I, you know what I do then? Block. No, That's no. That's a definite block. He, so he let his attorney know, I think. His, you. And so they set up his office with microphones. She mm-hmm. showed up mm. and they caught her explaining that her family told her to do it, to get money, that they ruined this kid's life. Oh, okay. And as far as I know, they're trying to go back after and sue her civilly to get the money back, but there is no money. Yeah. But I think. Oh yeah, but I mean, in my opinion, I think the girl needs to do. He did. If he did six years, six months, two days, she needs to spend six months. You know, six years, six months, two mm-hmm. days in jail, and whoever else corroborated with her to put her up in that. If, if her mom put her up to that, then she does six years. I mean, yeah, I think that's the only way to to bring any kind of that's justice to me. So what I what I would have done if I were Travis, and we'll get our our uh, attorney's opinion here. <laughs> Is in terms of the difference between civil and criminal. So let's say I'm I'm Travis, okay, and I'm completely innocent of this, and you accuse me of that. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to sue you civilly, not because I'm I'm trying to make money off of it, but because I You're want making a to. Point. I'm making my point. I want to clear the my name. Now I know I can do that. I know there's precedent for that. Now in terms of if you're flat out fabricating something out of thin air, I mean, you rammed your face into the door and we were never even in each other's physical presence when you said we were and all that kind of stuff. And that uh, elevates itself to the level of like falling a false police report or something like that. Now that's criminal. And as she was just saying, whether or not that really involves jail time remains to be seen, but 
but there would be some sort of criminal uh, repercussion there. I think where it gets dicey, and I don't know what the particular situation was with Travis, but where it could get dicey is where, no, I didn't assault you, but we did get in an argument, and I called you a crazy bitch, and you know some things were said well, and yeah, all that. I, I think so, we draw a line when we find out that there's proof that you... You really tried to make some shit up. I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that if it becomes, if you remember the old OJ explanation of uh, on you know the New Year's Eve where Nicole Brown calls nine one one and he says, "Well, I wasn't beating her, but we got in a wrestling match," or so he phrased uh, it some kind of way like that. I could see it again. I'm not saying this because I don't know what Travis's situation was. I'm just saying I could see if a guy was in that kind of situation, maybe they don't want to go to court because they don't want to get into a whole lot of, okay, well, that didn't happen, but this happened. But yeah, that other thing happened. But now, see, now you're misunderstanding the way this happened, and then the whole thing gets yeah. very murky, and maybe I, that's I just why wish they that, don't you do know, it. If we're really trying to make the world equal yeah. you know, between the sexes, I, I still find that we're not there. And, and, and the reason, another way I can point this out that I know that we don't think the same is that uh, one of the players that was in trouble and I'd probably have to go through and figure out who it is and we can probably afterwards mm -hmm. but it showed him that he got in trouble because uh, he was at a bar he had an exchange with a young lady they were having words and I don't know what he called her what she called him the video didn't have any uh, uh, feed for his audio um, well then she got mad and she shoved him in the chest and then kind of went to slap him in the face and then he hit her with a right hand now He's in trouble for that. But why isn't she in trouble for starting the assault? Like if it was reverse, had he shoved her and then she, let's say she swung her purse and it had something in it and it knocked him the cold out. I think I'm willing to bet our society be like, well, you shouldn't have shoved a girl. Well, what are you doing? I'm like, well, wait a minute. No, they're, they're human beings, right? Is that, isn't that what we're trying to get to now? Are we trying to get to a stage where it's not girls and boys? It's like, okay, well, no, you're a human being. And one human being first violated the rights of another human being by putting on their hands on them first. Now, the first human being is an idiot, only weighs 120 pounds and just shoved a 200-pound uh, world-class athlete. Then you know it didn't work out for them on the you know the good side you know they were definitely at the mm -hmm. uh, the uh, the short end of the stick you mm -hmm. know and so the athlete needs to learn how to control themselves even under awful situations I, I get that he deserves a punishment too but uh, it's weird how we don't look at like well wait a minute you know the girl started the physical altercation right like you know she started it she should also be in trouble and also be talked about. In the same and lose the same opportunities that he's going to lose as far as being put up on the same stage because then to me that's equality. It's like, well, mm -hmm. yeah, you put your hands on him first. Sure, uh, you know, I think we were best taught that lesson in song when uh, Carrie Underwood sang of that man that uh, cheated on her. Now, you know, the song goes into great detail about all the wrong that he did. But if you really follow, is this the one where the lightning strikes? Or something? No, no, no. That's that's uh, Garth Brooks. This but you is knew what uh, I was talking about. It's yeah, awesome. this is the. So yeah, I told you, you you're gonna have to pull up those uh -oh. submissions pretty oh, man, damn I'm quick. Gonna, uh, I'm gonna Sunday risk lock the yeah. shit out of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, so so the 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 male protagonist in the song uh, commits a, an indiscretion. And then she uh, vandalizes his car and cuts up the seats and smashes the headlights. And as I listened to it, I thought, now, not excusing what he did, okay? But this this is a crazy woman no one should be dating. 
So I feel like it was a mutual lesson learned. You see? And And again, if you switch roles, Mm -hmm. if a girl goes and cheats on her guy Mm -hmm. and the guy goes and slashes her tires, bashes in the window, Mm -hmm. does crazy shit, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, all the people are like, oh man, you need to get a restraining order on that Mm -hmm. guy. Do you have a gun at the house? Like, Mm -hmm. he's crazy. Like, it's, we don't treat it the same. Mm -hmm. But but then yet we were like, oh, we want equal rights. It's like, well, I agree. Mm -hmm. I'm very avid. You know, look, my daughter's 13. I want women to be treated as equally as men with the same rights and opportunities but rights and opportunities means comes with the same consequences Mm -hmm. and until consequences are the same and treated the same then we're not equal well i yes and you know a question for our uh our attorney here based on what you've heard so far if myself or frank were accused of some type of domestic battery if you were opposing counsel would you subpoena any portion of this (laughs) podcast as incriminating evidence yes i think all of it all of it it's all add that perjury is a felony and it carries a possible prison sentence of at least one year in federal court so in federal prison so frank you're uh you're you have the right instincts there you go yeah so well you know i think and and we'll get back to uh We'll get around to talking about what Derek Lewis said in his post. By the way, this is why we can't end a podcast at 1030, by the way, Frank. I, knew it was, I went out there. I was <laughs> podcast ends at 1030. It's a good idea, but this is how we get uh, sidetracked. It's both. It's the double-edged sword of phone booth fighting. I think it's, one, what makes us so endearing, and two, what makes us so hard to love by the women who do, <laughs> is that uh, we're long-winded. Uh, but what I was going to say is that, uh, to just finish that thought, is that I feel like that's where I could create a cottage industry of coming in early in the pro athlete's courtship. We've talked about this idea before. Yes. Where, you know, you're the aspiring athlete and you're, you're, you're on your first or second date with this girl and uh, you have poor judgment, of course. So I come in as a professional, as the third wheel on your date. And I assess whether or not this is a crazy person and whether or not you should and be dating them. Be, you know what? Uh, we're making jokes about that. But mm-hmm. again, it's true. If if your daughter comes home and tells you that the guy she's dating has signs of being crazy, mm-hmm. we take that seriously. We're yeah. like, well, no, we need to get rid of that guy. Yeah. But if you're, you know, the same, your son comes home and he's dating a crazy girl, you're like, well, you know, I'd make the joke, but Mrs. Mayor's staring at me. You know? <laughs> I'd be like, so you found your mother. And I'll <laughs> no, but there, there is, you know, no, you're right. You're right. There's, there's, but a- I mean, but then we make jokes, you know, well, crazy girls are good in bed. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we'll make, you know, uh, again, it's just not equal. And like, and, and Hey, like mm-hmm. I'm for this. Hey, I'll jump on the boat. If we're going to the, we're going to treat everybody the same. Then, then guess what? It goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what Derek Lewis said uh, in the post, he obviously brings this up, and he had been talking about the charges against Travis in his interviews leading up to the fight, but of course now he's knocked Travis out, and he says uh, that he tells Brian Stan that uh, uh, he was essentially glad to beat up on Travis because Travis calls himself a man, but he puts his hands on women, so for, he likes to put his hands on women, so forget that guy. And then he throws in, where's Ronda Rousey's fine ass at, Travis's girlfriend? She's not, I guess, in attendance. And then he doubles down on that in the post-fight press conference. Does and she ever says, finally make it? Do we ever know that she finally drive her RV all the way up there? No, no. I was hoping. Uh, what kind of drive is that? I was hoping it was going to be like the end of um, Rocky, where she comes in 
And, you know, Rocky is lost, but he's still excited to see her coming, running in from the back of the arena. She's wearing a red beret that gets knocked yeah. off on the way. And then they embrace in the cage. Yeah. And it didn't happen that way. Because Derek Lewis definitely looked like an extremely out of shape Carl Weathers. So he could have played the Apollo Creed part. Yeah, you were extremely out of shape. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so we don't know about that, but he did double down in the post fight. Carl Weathers right now probably looks better than. <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, double down in the post fight uh, press conference and uh, say that he appreciated, he thought the stoppage was late and he appreciated Mara Yamasaki uh, stopping it late because he got to beat on a, a woman beater a little longer is basically what he said. Yeah. So let, all that being said, and of course we, we went on our, uh, our our legal thought about that, but what do you think, Frank, about just the idea of being, you know, having an adversary in the cage and using something like that against them? What do you think about Derek's tactic there? Well, you know, I think Derek is a very uh, smart social media guy. Um, following him now on you know Instagram and the different forms of outlets that he has to, to be outspoken, uh, I think he's really made a case for himself to be one of the more popular heavyweights of late. Uh, you know, he's interesting, he's entertaining, he's funny. And so, uh, you know, to put it out there, you know, uh, look, I said that earlier at the gym today with my wife, we were sitting there talking and, you know, we were... Uh, something that was untrue in the world. And, and I told him like, yes, but you got to remember that if enough people say it, it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the way reality is. That's just the way the world works. And if enough people think it, then that's the fact. I think know? we just elected a president based on that. Pretty uh, much. That, that so, idea. Uh, yeah. You know, and so, you know what him using it as far as uh, going out there, you know, Hey, you know, that's, that's, it's fighting. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you, I think it's more of a lesson learned to the young fighters coming up. If, uh, you know, if you don't want to hand your opponent something to use against you, keep your nose clean, uh, avoid crazy, uh, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends on That's either right. side. And just know that, you know, that how you handle yourself as an athlete in, is going to matter at all levels. And, you know, those kind of allegations, um, you know, Try to make sure you avoid people that can put you in bad, precarious situations. And uh, and I think also, too, it would have been better had Travis went back and sued his ex-girlfriend yeah. civilly. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that would have been... I, you know, she was upset, you know, you know, here I'm dating Ronda Rousey now and, you know, the ex-girlfriend feels spurned. Um, you know, what's she going to do? Go kick Ronda's ass, you know? Well, I don't know. Her, maybe her boxing is good enough. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, you I know. think you have to, though. No, you're right. I mean, yeah. I think you, you have gotta to. you got to go back. It's like if you make false yeah. accusations, mm-hmm. you just can't blow it under the carpet. Mm-hmm. If you're just the Joe Blow neighbor who is a firefighter and no one's ever going to hear about it, mm-hmm. it's one thing. But when mm-hmm. you become somebody who's of notoriety of Travis and who's mm-hmm. famous and even more so famous because of the girlfriend he's dating, and it, it already made news because, you know, Rhonda made those allegations or made those statements towards Mayweather who's done a stint in prison for domestic violence, for beating on his, his woman, the mother of his children. And, you know, she used it, and guess what? It got used against her boyfriend now in this situation. So I think that um, Travis would have done well, and, and he still has the opportunity to go back and uh, maybe go ahead and, and, and clear his name with the public by doing what you said. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, I would think that it would weigh that much more and go back and uh, sue her civilly. I think the statute's limitation on slander is only a couple of years. Hmm. So as we were watching the fights, I told uh, uh, I told Jen, my girlfriend Jennifer. I said, uh, uh, "All right, if when he knocked Travis out, I said if Mark Hunt beats Alistair Overeem, 
we're going to see Mark Hunt and Derek Lewis. And sure enough, that's the talk in the post-fight press conference. So what do you think about that? Oh, I think Mark Hunt kills Derek Lewis. Mm -hmm. But as far as a matchup, I mean, that's a compelling matchup. I think it's a good matchup. I think, uh, you know, but I mean, uh, Mark Hunt has a granite chin. uh, It isn't like Derek Lewis is going to out-cardio him. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless Derek becomes very good at, you know, shooting a double, uh, even Brock Lesnar is a national champion, didn't take uh, Mark down for his first couple attempts. So Mark's hard to take down. He hits extremely hard. And, you know, the guy's a K1 level striker. So I think it's kind of, honestly, it's kind of a bad fight for Derek. Mm -hmm. I think if Alistair's able to win, I think that might actually be a better fight because at least I think Derek has the puncher's chance that if he can get in and land a shot on Alistair, Alistair's been known to go down. Whereas Mark Hunt, you know, has not really been known to go down. And you can punch Alistair over him in the gas tank. Like he's he's had those moments where he's going along fine, and if he runs into some adversity, it seems to really affect yes. his gas tank yeah. and the. Where Hunt, you know, I think is a harder fight for. Him, yeah, you know? no, that makes sense. All right, let's uh, let's also talk uh, then about what happened over on the Bellator side of things. Uh, you know, I have never competed professionally in the cage. However, I have fought a kidney stone one time, and let me tell you something. It's pretty bad, right? You have not, right? No, I have not. Thank All goodness. Right. Well, let me just say, believe the hype, okay? If you're one of these people that's like, oh, God, See, come My on. mother had one, and she told me absolutely worse than giving birth. That is... She said yeah. there wasn't even a comparison. She's yeah. all, giving birth was painful. She's all, until I had this. She goes, they gave me morphine, and I was still screaming. Yes, it was... Uh, so if you don't know the story, Matt Mitrione, uh, night before the fight... Uh, came down with a kidney stone, had to go to the hospital. And do you know uh, that our uh, the aforementioned Chael Sonnen offered to fight Fedor Emelianenko at midnight the night before the fight? He was there. He was doing commentary. He said, not a problem. I'll step in. I'll do the fight. But wow. they, they couldn't get I don't know if it was a commission thing or whatever. They couldn't get it all cleared up in time. But uh, Matt Mitrione had to go to the hospital with his kidney stone. So his uh, anticipated fight with Fedor got called off. And uh, it was a bummer because I was looking forward to seeing uh, Fedor fight. But, yeah, I just I will tell you, it only, it's only happened to me one time. And it it was so insane like I didn't know what was happening to me, because um, it makes you nauseous, and like I was, I, I thought maybe like I was having a heart attack or something. Like something was wrong with me in that sense, and uh, go to the hospital, and I had to get the morphine as well. And of course, as you know, uh, I don't, uh, I never do any drugs or alcohol or anything like that. So you were lit. Yes, um, but I... I um, Did you enjoy it? Well, it was a relief. I mean, the thing is, it was so painful. I can't even say there was any enjoyment to it. It was just like, finally, that horrendous pain has stopped. And it it has caused me to do two things. One, to appreciate real water, uh, right. staying hydrated and getting real at drinkrealwater.com, our fine uh, sponsor here on the show. But ever since Life that saver. happened, I mean, it happened. This is goes back about three years ago, maybe four years ago. But uh, you drink a ton of water. Because I asked the doctor, here's the only question I had for the doctor. I said, sure this never how again. can I make sure this never, ever happens again? Because I, I eat healthy. I mean, it's not like I was yeah. doing anything that was particularly bad. Well, it's- you know, we're more of a testament to the fact of what it hurt you that bad. Because everybody, whether they have a heart attack mm-hmm. or, or pain, that moment, they're like, how can I avoid this from ever happening again? Mm-hmm. Then like two or three months later, like, meh. You know, you kind of forget. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know how people do that. You know, like you sit there and go, meh. 
it wasn't that bad. You know, it's like a hangover. You know, you have a. Yeah. Well, see, now here's something you can't relate to. But how many people, our fans can probably, or our listeners can attest this, get shit faced drunk. You wake up the next day, you're like, what the hell did I do to myself? Mm-hmm. I'll never do that again. And they do. Yeah. And we do. I, and I've been there too. But you're saying that this is one of that situation. So you've lived true to this yeah, for the last it three was, years. It changed my life because when it happened, like I said, I asked a doctor. I said, okay, how can I avoid this ever happening again? And what he said was, he goes, well, you know, there's a lot of different things that can cause this. Sometimes it's hereditary and all this. But he said, the one thing I can tell you is we do all seem to agree that water consumption helps with this just staying hydrated so i took that as gospel and have always consumed a lot of water since then but but did you drink a lot of soda and stuff before no no but i don't i wasn't as conscientious about drinking a lot of water yes on coffee um but not a ton you're not a crazy coffee no but you know what i also wasn't really seriously training jujitsu then so i i because now with jujitsu like i drink a lot of water anyway to stay hydrated right so one takes kind of takes care of the other but um it was so bad that they gave me uh you know they give you like some pain pills and um i to this day keep those with me they're either always in my backpack or in my glove oh, compartment. Should I break you the bad news? What? That they're... What? What's the bad news? That uh, pain pills don't last that long. What do you mean that they don't last that long? You know, like any other medication, yeah. it loses its... Oh, no, but what I'm saying is that, that I knew... When it was, because when it happened. Oh, so at the time you kept it with you. It, no, I still keep them. It's so you case, got pain pills on you right now? Yeah, in the car. Oh, in no case, thing. in case this, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> to, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> to keep an eye on my stash now. Yeah, come on. I, but, you know, I figured out if I can choke you out with mm-hmm. the gold. No, <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I keep the the reason I keep that uh, on on like within reach, so backpack, car, whatever, just over there. Uh, yeah, no. The, the the reason is because of that experience. Because what happened was, um, you know, I realized that I could take one just if I felt it coming on, right? That that would at least get me to the and you'd be good. get to the hospital or something like that. So I never, like, I would never even get caught in a situation now where it's like they're at home, but I'm like we're going to California this weekend, right? So. I wouldn't like accidentally leave them at home and then feel wow. that coming on in California and I don't have time to get to the doctor or whatever. No I mean, shit. I've never taken one, but I, it's like break glass in case of emergency. They are. And that, so that because of that, I know because I haven't taken one, it's it's exactly 30 in there, too. So I'll count them when we get back from our you trip. You have 30 of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't need 30. <laughs> You know what? With your with your yeah, my luck, back's hurting right well, now. No. <laughs> with, with your luck, what would happen is you would sneak in, get them. I would have a kidney stone attack on the way back. I would find my empty bottle, and you would have some explaining to do. No, it'd be filled with Tic Tacs. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like Indiana Jones. Like, okay, let me wait these out. No. <laughs> well, that happened to poor old Matt Mitrione, and uh, his fight was so. They're saying they're going to reschedule that fight for uh, I think uh, April or May or something like that. Yeah, so. no, it was definitely uh, heartbreaking for him to lose the opportunity to, you know, to face a, a legend in, in Fedor. I mean. 
you know, and I thought a fight that was very winnable for him. You know, he's long, uh, you know, tall, has a great jab, great footwork and moves. Uh, you know, uh, I think he could have put a clinic on a, a Fedor and, and mm-hmm. done very well. Um, I, that being said, I wasn't rushing to the uh, sports book to put money on Mitrione because still Fedor, you know, everybody wants to say a lot about the fact that Maldiano up there in Russia, you know, basically tenated him, kicked his ass, fight should have probably been stopped in the first round. But no one argues that he won the next two rounds, that he yeah. came back and edged him out. And, and that should say something, too. Like, in one sense, you're like, yeah, I hear you, man. You know, they could have stopped the fight. But, I mean, he got his ass kicked that bad the first round, and he came back the second and third round. It was still there, and not even just there, but competitive and maybe won the next two rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, holy shit. That, that shows you why the guy was the emperor. I mean, that is one hell of a gas tank, one hell of a heart. And, and, and amongst the heavyweights, that's one of the rarest uh, qualities to have. Most heavyweights, because we're strong, we're big, we're, we're, we're in essence kind of walking bullies. We're used to just kind of powering our way through life. Mm-hmm. And in the gym, we're the bigger guys. So it typically makes us mentally weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that heavyweights are, out of all the weight classes, the biggest pussies of all. We're the most mentally weak. Uh, we're like lions. You ever see a lion? It does great when it's hunting, but you know, put a lion on its back, it freaks out and runs. You know, um, uh, whereas uh, you know, a rat, you know, that's an animal to be scared of because you know, you stomp on that fucker and he's coming after you, all, you know, until he, he draws his last breath. Mm-hmm. And that's much more like what Mitri or uh, Fedor is like. And as a professional fighter, I'll tell you, I would rather face. A juggernaut that uh, stronger than me, faster than me, smarter than I am. But if I know he has no heart, it's like okay. Well, then once I'm winning, I know I'll continue to win. Once I break him, I know he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, where if I face a guy that doesn't go away, like a Fedor, that just like shit, man. If you don't take this guy's arm off or you don't put him to sleep, he's not going to go away. Uh, most heavyweights, that is a very scary man to face. And, and that's what Fedor still has going for him. That's why I still think he's a very respectable fighter. And, you know, even though Mitrione had all the on um, paper, all the reasons why I could allude to why I think he could win, uh, I can't count Fedor out. Do you uh, want to finish up with a couple of listener questions here? Yeah, Can shoot. we do that? We got uh, a few here. All right. This one uh, was emailed to us from... Uh, Jay Anitra, all right? Uh, He says, uh, hey, Frank and Richard, I have a question I hope you both can answer and give your take on. I know Dana White always says that MMA is not as dangerous as boxing and that, quote, there has never been a death or serious injury inside the octagon. My question is, if there was a death inside the octagon in the future, what ramifications would it have on the sport? Would it destroy it completely because of negative public perception? What do you think? Well, first of all, I do agree with what Dana's saying, that MMA is not as dangerous as boxing because boxing has what's called a standing eight count. Right. So in essence, what's happening is, is or not in essence, in reality, what is happening is that a fighter loses balance, he has a concussion. Uh, the fact that he's lost momentarily control over his body and his legs gave out, it's a concussion. Any physician in the world is going to tell you that that guy has a concussion. Now, what happens in boxing is that guy who has a concussion, he might have a mild-grade concussion and can stand right up again, and he gets eight seconds to kind of 
to recover. You know, as long as he doesn't make it to the 10, he gets a standing eight count. The uh, referee rubs his gloves on his shirt to make sure no foreign materials end up in his opponent's eyes. Mm-hmm. And he gets to go at it again. And guess mm-hmm. what? The other guy's going to continue to punch him in the head of a guy who already has a concussion. And if he gets dropped again, unless they have the, the three knockdown rule, he could be knocked down multiple times in one round. Uh, and so that is what makes boxing dangerous over MMA. Not that MMA is, uh, you know, it's not, you know, we're not pillow fighting. It's mm-hmm. obviously inherently it's violent still. But that's why there are several people that die each year from boxing. Whereas even if MMA, we do have the first guy that dies in the octagon or due to an octagon-related uh, uh, incident, um, it's going to be one. I still feel that over a long enough time period or timeline, our statistics are still going to be drastically lower because we don't have a standing eight count. So we don't have those guys that are dying two or three weeks later from a bleed in the brain or from any kind of brain drama because we don't receive as many shots. I'll also say that I think surprisingly – uh, MMA fighters are aided in that regard by the uh, smaller gloves because in boxing, you've got the heavier gloves, which means in addition to the standing eight count that there, the padding allows me to hit you more times in the head without knocking you unconscious for a cumulative effect. So right. if I get you with a smaller so glove... So it's not a kinetic energy rocking through my head back and forth. Right. First. I mean, I may knock you out in the octagon, but that's going to be one or two punches compared to the 300 times I'm going to hit you in the head over uh, 10 or 12 rounds of boxing, right? I mean, it's kind of the the argument that is made against, like in football, for example, making better helmets because there is a thought that if you do that, it's really just kind of keeping people in the game and enabling them to take in more cumulative uh, head trauma. A lot of times, too, I mean, uh, I like economics. Uh, You tend to find the safer you think that you're making something actually more dangerous you're making it because it allows people to uh, uh, to be crazier with mm-hmm. more of an added aspect of thought that the, that they are being safer. Um, if they truly wanted to make MMA a safer sport, mm-hmm. make it bare knuckle. And, and, and I know when I first say that, people think, oh, shit, bare knuckle? I'm like, yes. The human hand has 26 different bones in it. You know why we wrap our hands? And the, huge, the biggest misconception we have in combat sports is that we wrap our hands and put our hands in gloves to make it safer. No, mm-hmm. all it did was make my hand a more deadly weapon because now it doesn't break when I bash it across your face. Mm-hmm. Bare knuckle fighting is boring. That's mm-hmm. why if you go back in the 1910s and you had those fights that went 150 rounds, it was because, yeah, they couldn't just tee off on each other's heads the way we are to now. Mm-hmm. So if you go and make it bare knuckle the promoters will hate it because it's going to make it extremely boring Mm -hmm. because it'll be a realistic street fight where guys can't really throw the punches that we're able to throw in mma because our hands are wrapped you want to see something interesting untape our hands and it'll be drastically safer because anybody doubts this real quick you know if you're just a recreational taibo kickboxer you know go to class don't wrap your hands, don't put gloves on, and beat the shit out of the bag and tell me how it feels. And that's a padded bag. Mm-hmm. That's not someone's skull and jaw, which is all bone, and that hurts to hit. Or just, just punch one of the one of the other people in the class. 
pass, probably, and then you're really going to see. Well, make see. sure they know it's coming so we don't get a lawsuit and they can right. say the phone booth fighter told you to Yeah, don't to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but, but the human hand is not designed. Or, you know, well, it just, it's too difficult to keep punching people in the face mm-hmm. because it just destroys your hands. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the, the first couple UFCs, they did that. They had it to where it was bare knuckle. You know how many knockouts there were? Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anybody. You know, because it hurt to hit. In fact, everybody wants to make fun of the one boxer who wrapped one of his hands and put yeah. a glove on. He wasn't an idiot. Yeah. He just realized that I can't hit people bare knuckle because my hands will shatter. You know, uh, Mike Tyson, you know, he knows how to throw a punch, right? He gets into a street fight in, in New York and breaks his hand mm-hmm. because he can't punch, you know, uh, boxing and and striking is not really that realistic for a street fight because you can't. You better hope you put the guy to sleep on one shot. If he lowers his head down and you hit him on the top of his head, your hand's gone, man. You're gonna. Just, yeah, and there's also probably not going to be a lot of jabs in street yeah, fights. So you you're know, not trying to win the. That's why. That's why if you look at favor. traditional Muay Thai where yeah. they fought a lot of bare knuckle, that's why. Not until it had been more westernized through boxing but back in the day Thai boxing had very little punches in it it was Mm -hmm. all elbows knees shins because those were solid areas of the body you could strike and attack with without suffering much damage to the offensive player but as far as boxing goes you want to make MMA safe make it bare knuckle and and again I know people think that this sounds crazy but it's true hit something without your hand wrapped and you're not going to like it wrap your hand or you know if anybody has the pleasure one day have you know go down to the local boxing gym pay the guy one of the trainers wrap your hands with a professional wrap if you get into a street fight walking back to your car with your hands wrapped you will be arrested for assault with a deadly weapon yeah you know what that's a pretty solid strategy for staying out of a fight what i would do is i would pay like stitch to wrap my hands and then i would just walk around for the rest of the night going hey you're lucky my hands are wrapped because if they weren't I, you know, you know, you're lucky that they are because I'm not going to get charged with assault. You go to dog parks all the time. Weapon, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was down. uh, I remember one year at Saint. It was Saint Patrick's Day, and when I lived in Dallas, and we had this area Greenville Avenue where uh, you know it was all the bars were down there and that kind of stuff. And I remember there was a, a a bar that had a chain link fence around their patio, right? And so there's some guy, some drunkard out on the street, and he starts a war of words with another fellow who's over inside the fenced area of the patio, right? So they're challenging each other to some kind of fight. And the guy, the the drunk guy that's on the outside of the fence starts trying to scale the fence and can't get over it because he's so drunk, right? So he throws a leg, falls down, tries again, can't get over it. And about the third or fourth time, I hear him look at the guy and he goes, you're lucky this fence is here (laughs) because if it wasn't. I'd kick your ass, and then he walked off. Before we uh, give out our plugs for the night, uh, Frank, we need to thank the attorney that you conjured. That was uh, very impressive that you uh, you did that. What opportunity we had, right? Yeah, that really was. So uh, well, hopefully that'll come in handy again. Hold on. She, Lena told me how to say her last name, and I just forgot it again. Okay. All right. Let's give this a shot. Lena Hovanesian. All right. Well, Venetian. Uh, that, was, that was pretty good. If yeah. if she ever if they ever resurrect WEC and she fights in it, you'll be prepared. There you go. Yeah. 
Well, okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, jumping. By the way, why local are attorney here? Yeah, local. Why are you here? Frank's not in some sort of trouble, is he? I didn't walk into some sort of well, consultation. How well can we do this from a jail? <laughs> And will you put money on my books? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of putting money on books, I meant to tell you, this is just a, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a big, long, crazy brothel story, but it's just a, a slice of life inside the biz, right? As I was leaving to work today, I was walking out the door and one of the girls is on her laptop and I hear over the, her laptop speakers, the whole, this call may be recorded or monitored, yeah. and she's about to do a uh, a FaceTime visit with her uh, her Aww. betrothed, who has uh, found How, himself in a bit of a, a legal pickle. How bad would that suck? You're in jail, and I'm thinking if you're talking to a woman, you're not getting a lot of sex in jail, at least yeah. willingly. You're at least not on top. You're not the pitcher, right? Right. But then your girl that you're talking to is at a brothel. So there's no doubt in your mind that she's getting action. Yeah. It ain't like, like, hey, baby, wait for me. It's like, you know, we got 30 minutes and then, you know, the mm. twins are coming over, you know. Mm. <laughs> they have some kind of like pig, pig skewer, you know, thing we're going to go over and, and reenact. Well, would you like me to really blow your mind then? Oh, man. Every time I think of something awful, you just really show me that I'm not even up the right. <laughs> well, it was his idea that she go work there because he needs an attorney when when is that cheap right i mean this is you know yeah yeah this little uh she 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 charges too much of a caveman i'd rather rot in jail (laughs) yeah well that's sweet that's that's nice to know that's nice for mrs mirror to know or i'd have to send someone over to end her because she can't be with no other man (laughs) yeah i'd rather my wife die then be with somebody else. No, All right. Well, we should have stopped when I just said it was sweet, and then we should have just stopped right there. That is there. sweet. Hey, yeah. look, if you're good looking, you yeah. can be psychotic. If I was ugly, it's creepy. Mm, I see. <laughs> All right. That's Linda, true. Linda, how would good looking that, how guys would... can be insane, and yeah. we're considered passionate. Look, mm-hmm. 50 shades of gray. Mm-hmm. Guys, good looking, has abs. He's a billionaire. He could beat the shit out of the girl, and she's like, wants more. Mm-hmm. Let that guy work at McDonald's as a beer belly and a receding hairline, mm-hmm. and she's filing charges. Linda, is this another part of the podcast you would subpoena if you were opposing counsel, probably? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Frank. leverage. Let's uh, let's do that. Well, so far, I want to say in our little uh, uh, feeling out period here in the bunker, I kind of enjoyed it. I do I enjoyed like it. the feel, and and that's with it being barren. I think once we get all of our uh, Guns and all knives. of our comforts in here, uh, that it's gonna it's gonna feel uh, it's gonna feel fun. Because what I'm thinking is that you know with summer coming. We've had such great success doing the the backyard broadcasts. We can still do those. I think sometimes we still do those, and other times we set up uh, in here, especially yeah. when we need like uh, video capabilities and all that kind of stuff. All right, so uh, let's tell everybody that what they can do to subscribe to the podcast is uh, get the podcast, Phone Booth Fighting Twice Weekly, in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, or phoneboothfighting.com. If you go to our iTunes page, do us a favor. Click on those five stars. Give us a five-star review. And if you have a moment, write a favorable line or two. Frank and I like to read those reviews on the air, and we'd like to uh, have yours be among them on the Phone Booth Fighting iTunes page. 
you can click through our Amazon banner at the top of our Phone Booth Fighting Facebook page. That's a great way to support the show. Do your shopping on Amazon at no additional cost to you, and you will help uh, us do things like build secret underground bunkers. Uh, also, you can follow us on social media, Frank on Facebook at official Frank Mirror. I'm on Facebook at official Richard Hunter. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Frank Mirror for me. Twitter and Instagram at Richard Hunter. Don't forget to get those tickets for our Sunday night show if you're going to be in Las Vegas. LAComedyClub.com. One night only. The two of us on stage with Chael Sonnen and his co-host Joel uh, at uh, Inside the Stratosphere Hotel and Casino. Frank, tell everybody how to follow the show on social media. Well, if you like Facebook or Instagram, you can find us on Phone Booth Fighting. But if uh, Snapchat and Twitter are more your speed, then go on Phone Booth Fight. We couldn't get the extra ING. And I think I'll be taking bets. We'll open it up, send it in for on how long Richard lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night, we'll see. Uh, can I name a Springsteen song faster than uh, Frank can, uh, can tap me out? We'll find out. You can find out and be there to see it live. Uh, if you're at L.A. Comedy Club uh, inside the Stratosphere with us Sunday night. Okay, and then uh, one last thing, Frank. You and I will be going to California on Saturday. Friday, actually, we're going up. But Saturday is uh, ACB BJJ. So the uh, Russian fight promotion that you've been calling all the MMA for, they're now getting into grappling tournaments. And uh, I believe you're going to be able to see that on their ACB YouTube channel, I would uh, imagine. And you'll be be able to uh, hear uh, Frank and myself and the great Robert Drysdale calling the uh, action. It's going to be a lot we'll of be fun. Out there. It'll be great. Orange County and seeing pure jiu-jitsu being done uh, with the gi and the, the lightweights will be going at it, which are super entertaining to watch and fun. And so uh, everybody who loves MMA knows that one of the key components is jiu-jitsu, and we're going to be able to see it in its, uh, its uh, purity. I am checking uh, Google Maps right now to see the distance between Orange, California, and Doomies. So uh, hey, we'll look forward to seeing. I those refuse folks. to say that word till they give us some free burgers. More <laughs> yeah, well, they'll, they'll this time they'll know uh, we're coming because we're promoting our visit. All right, for Frank Mir, I'm Richard Hunter. This has been Phone Booth Fighting. We'll see you next time. Everybody was kung fu. They fought with